Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where a below-average podcaster chats with an above-average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. Today's guest is Mackenzie Fuller, a former Baylor women's basketball player from 2010 to 2014, and currently about to enter her fifth year as the Associate Director of Operations for the team. And oh, by the way, her mother is Baylor head coach Kim Mulkey. For anyone who doesn't know, Mulkey won three titles at Baylor. Before that, she was a phenomenal point guard for Louisiana Tech in the 80s. She won two titles there and also played on the Olympic team. Mackenzie, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me and inviting me on. Absolutely. And uh, first off, congrats on winning the 2019 National Championship. I saw you were just out in L.A. for the ESPYs. A lot of good things going on for you. It is. Thank you. It has definitely been an exciting time. Enjoying all of it. And so much to get into, but I want to start by letting everyone know that your first time playing on ESPN was not in a Baylor basketball uniform, but it was in a Southwest Little League softball uniform when you were around 12 years old and played in the Little League Softball World Series. Your Midway Texas Little League team took home the title in 2004. We did such good memories from that time. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget it. That was my first little taste at some airtime in the championship. First of many titles you've been a part of. And, you know, I watched that game. I wouldn't call myself a Little League softball fan, but I was flipping around channels one night. I think it was a semifinal, and they interviewed your mom, Kim Mulkey, and I, I knew who she was from being a huge basketball fan, so I tuned in. And then I watched the championship game, which you guys crushed the other team. <laughs> yes, there's actually a lot of games leading up to that. But once you get to the World Series, there's just those few. But I, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many people would come up to you after that and say they saw you playing in the Little League World Series. I never would have guessed how many people watched that. Yeah, it's a big thing. The Boys Little League in uh, Pennsylvania, that's big too. Where'd you guys play? In Portland, Oregon, right? We did. We played in um, Portland, Oregon. At We played at Alpenrose Field and uh actually got to play there twice uh, for my little 11 and 12-year-old all-star team when I was 11 and 12. Oh, so you were a two-time member of the World Series. <laughs> I was. I was. Wow. Great memories from that time, especially being so young and getting to travel across the country with your friends and teammates and feel like you're a big shot. <laughs> yeah, most 12-year-olds aren't going out to Oregon and traveling all around. That's cool. And you were one of the best players on the team. You were the shortstop, right? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say one of the best, but I was good enough to make the team, and I was the shortstop. Nice. And did you bat leadoff? I did. I did bat leadoff. I was a switch hitter. So I did a lot of drag bunts and got on from being fast. I was fast when I was little. I don't know why that didn't stay with me as I grew, but <laughs> I, was, I was pretty quick back then. Nice. Good for you. And I think you lit a fire under your mom's feet. She hadn't won a title in a while, and after you won that in 2004, <laughs> she went out uh, the next basketball season in 2005 and won the NCAA Women's College Championship for Baylor pretty good timing there I, I mean I'd say that I was a little motivation <laughs> yeah I, I think you get credit for that not really Sophia Young I think yeah, I'll, take does. It, I'll take it <laughs> but you know it's funny we uh, always joke within our family because my brother's actually the only one that hasn't won a national championship and so we give him a hard time and he's always using that as his motivation <laughs> to <laughs> hopefully do that one day yeah that's awesome was it hard growing up with your mother as a coach? Because I'm sure she had to miss some of your games uh, because of her games or just traveling in general to recruiting. Was that tough? Um, you know, maybe for some people, but I think since that was all I knew, it never really bothered me. Uh, she always did whatever it took to be at our games. And when she took the head coaching child, job at Baylor in 2000, she actually made sure to tell her bosses that if there was ever a question or decision to be made between her job with the Lady Bears or her family, then it's already been made. She's going with her family. And I think she stood by that really well throughout um, our childhood. She was always in the stands. It didn't matter what level we were playing at. She could never coach me um, until I got to Baylor. But uh, growing up, she would make the 
the treks across the country with us. And even my junior year of high school, when I was playing in the state championship for basketball, she had a game the exact same day. And I think she actually ended up being late to her game because she stayed through to see us win that um, and then rushed back down the street. (laughs) We were playing in Austin, actually, so she had to hurry up and get back and join the team, her team. Yeah, Austin and Baylor aren't too – or Austin, I'm sorry, Austin and Waco aren't too close to each other, right? They're not. It can be anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours away, depending on uh, traffic, which there's always lots of traffic in Austin, (laughs) but – she was able to stick it through for me and make it back for the majority of her game. <laughs> that's that's she may have made hear. it just just in time for tip off, I think. <laughs> I'm wondering because, as you said, she didn't get to coach you until you you got to Baylor, and we're definitely going to get to that. But when she was watching you when you were younger, I wonder if it was hard for her to come out of coaching mode and get into spectator mode. I would definitely say anyone that knows my mom knows how intense and competitive she is. So <laughs> just trying to step away at all is it would be a challenge for her. But she handled it really well. And uh, she may have sat in the outfield at a few games or on the opposing team side at basketball games just to make sure she didn't say anything when she got competitive in the stands <laughs> around any parents. <laughs> but there were always those times, like driving home or after a game, she she would help us or tell us what she saw or what think or her coaching would set in on the drive home. And a lot of times we'd have to be the ones to bring it up and ask. She didn't want to overstep or get too intense about it, so she would wait for us to bring it up. But oh, okay. it always happened. <laughs> yeah, that was actually going to be a question of mine is if she uh, it was tough on you, but that's that's nice to hear that she waited for you guys to, to ask for the, the coaching. She did. And, I mean, I think that as we grew older, she was able to get into coach mode a little more. Obviously, when you're young, um, you can't be – she can't get on you too much because <laughs> you're just learning and a child. But – as we grew and got into middle school and high school, she kind of just got more intense to help us along as we went. Um, so there were times where she, when she needed to be hard on us, she was hard on us, but she also knew how to take a step back and uh, let us kind of lead the way. Okay. And you were a three-sport athlete in high school and won three state titles all in a different sport, one in basketball, one in softball, and one in volleyball. Is that right? That is right. That is correct. My sophomore year was volleyball, and then my junior year we wanted in basketball, and then my senior year we wanted in softball. That's amazing to me. Most people would love to just have one in one sport alone. Yes, it, it's definitely not the norm to even get to experience one championship and state championship in high school is an honor, but. I was lucky enough to go to a it was relatively big school at the time at Midway, um, and then now I can't even get there. So many there's like six A, and I don't even know what. I think we were four A at the time when I was there, and it felt huge. So um, we had lots of athletes come through there, um, lots of college athletes that went on and even went into the pros. But I was lucky enough my sophomore year to I was on JV volleyball, and then when the playoff time came. They would move like three girls up to varsity, and I got to be one of those to go along for the ride in the state championship run that year. And then my junior year, we went in basketball and won it. Like I said, we had a ton of good players on that team, including um, Koki Reed, who went and played at Tex- Texas, and yeah. then Delisa Gross, who played at TCU. So we had a lot of um, good athletes, and then that continued through. My senior year with softball, which included a ton of players and friends that I grew up playing on my select team. So we kind of all stayed together and got to finish out high school with a national, not national, but a state championship. Nice. And and we'll get to the national championships you've won, but uh, that's (laughs) awesome. A very successful high school career. Was there ever a question that basketball was a sport you wanted to pursue in college? I don't think for me personally, there was much of a question. I always knew that basketball was my first love um, when it came to sports, but maybe for others, they kind of question it. And maybe I should have questioned it a little bit (laughs) as I grew because 
Uh, a lot of people think that I may have been better at softball, but I never honestly even really considered playing or going to college for softball um, because I just knew that, one, I wanted to play for my mom if possible, and two, I just wanted to play basketball. I didn't care where. Um, so I guess, no, to answer your question, I didn't. There wasn't much of a question. Okay, <laughs> and you got to do what you love. But but going right. back to and, softball. I'm not saying I didn't love softball. But, saying I didn't love softball, but uh, basketball was just the first love. And did you get any offers to play softball collegiately? I don't remember getting any offers, but I also kind of didn't continue um, that select summer ball as I got older. I think after about my junior year, I was still I still had a summer league or a select team that I would play on, but I wouldn't play in every tournament because I'd be going to basketball tournaments. Gotcha. Um, so I was trying to maneuver through playing two high-level sports um, at a select level, and uh, I would always put my basketball as my priority during that time. So I didn't get as much exposure or really show that I was interested in any other colleges for that. Okay. And what about basketball? I know it was your dream to play for your mother at Baylor, but did you consider any other offers in basketball? Somewhat. I think um, I talked to a few schools and I got plenty of the questionnaires back in the day is what they did. Um, I remember talking to the Rice coach and I know SMU uh, was interested and there were some other colleges, but I think that once they kind of knew the direction I was hoping to go, they realized that my mom was Kim Mulkey. They kind of uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't venture my way that much and uh, I was able to pretty much commit early on to where no one really came after me after that. <laughs> In fact, there was one school, and I couldn't tell you what school it was, uh, but they would, they called up my house, my landline, like any other school would, to a recruit, and my mom answered, and they were asking if I was home, if they could speak with me, and she was like, well, she's not here, and so they were like, well, uh, who are you? And she was like, I'm, I'm her mom, and they're like, oh, okay, and what's your name? And she said, well, my name's Kim Mulkey. And they're like, oh. And that was, I don't even know who that, what that school was. But <laughs> they uh, kind of got a little surprised right then. And I don't really know how they, they must have not been too interested if they didn't really know that that was my mom. <laughs> but that was always a funny story. Yeah, that is funny. And at what point did your mom offer you to go to Baylor? I think that it was just kind of an understanding that if I continued to progress as I grew and was good enough that she'd be interested, that I was offered. <laughs> I don't remember there ever being like an official McKenzie, do you want to come to Baylor? We really want you or anything like that as other players would get. So I somewhat missed out on that recruiting process and uh, the visits and the you know coaches fighting over you but I I didn't care I just knew that if I were good enough I wanted to play for my mom and play at the highest level and thankfully I was yeah certainly did so okay it's now the fall of 2010 and you're at Baylor what was that transition like for both you and coach Mulkey um I would say it, it was it went some somewhat smoothly um of course she had never coached me, so I didn't really know what to expect, and she didn't know what to expect, so we were kind of going into it blind. But early on, we made sure that we put the focus on player-coach when we were in the gym, but we didn't want to leave and lose the mother-daughter aspect. Um, so from the beginning, we had a line where we didn't want to cross it, and that's kind of what helped keep everything running smoothly and just not getting too high or too low on the court and carrying that over into the personal life. Um, I think the hardest thing for me was I didn't go really out of the, out of town to go to college. So I could easily just go down the street back home any night that I wanted. And, uh, 
So those first years, it kind of kept me from getting the college, getting into the college life and the college experience because I was right down the street and my mom was a coach and I could just go home and talk to her or be home. Um, but as far as our relationship, we never really had that much of a problem. Um, a lot of people ask me that question and kind of are curious if it was super difficult or hard, but I think my mom did a really good job for the most part of keeping the two separate. And I think I, I think I was able to do the same. I mean, even with the players in the locker room and my teammates, not one time can I remember them questioning or worrying about me going home to my mom and telling them stuff from the locker room. I mean, they knew that I was in the trenches just like they were and that there were days where I was just as mad and probably bashing my mom as any other player. <laughs> but but uh, I think it, it was a transition just because it's a new – just like anybody's going into college – they're going into a brand new coach. They're having to feel their way through and learn what works and what doesn't. And I think that was the biggest transition for me is it, she was a new coach um, and she just happened to be my mom. That's a good way to look at it. And that's interesting to me about how the other players didn't treat you like the coach's kid. Cause I would think, as you said, maybe you'd enter the locker room and they'd stop talking in fear that you'd go and tell your mom, or they would think that you had special treatment, whether that be true or not, just because you're the daughter of Kim Mulkey. But it sounds like they didn't have that. They didn't. And I don't, I don't ever remember there being a meeting or anything said to them that even like addressed the fact that I was a daughter playing for my mom. We never had to be like, look, everything's going to be like normal. I'm not going to treat her differently. There was nothing like that. Um, and a, a lot of them I knew beforehand because I'm growing up around the team. So I was in high school right under these girls going to every game or traveling to on trips with them. So getting recruited with some of them, I've known Odyssey forever. I was on the same team with Odyssey and Brittany Griner and a few others the years before in summer league. So we'd kind of known each other and they knew that I wanted to be just like anyone else. I needed to earn my place. And I definitely don't think that, uh, they thought I got any special treatment, especially considering I didn't play very much <laughs> those first years. And uh, sometimes people have even told me that it may have been the opposite, that she was a little harder because I was the daughter probably, and she didn't want anyone to think I was getting that special treatment. Um, but they were really great. That's... And never really heard back from me. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. Did you call her mom or coach? That is the question I probably get second most. Oh wow! <laughs> and even to this, even to this day, some of the players that come up to me that they ask me, "Did you call Coach Mulkey, Coach or Mom?" And I still don't have an answer. I honestly, I think I just kind of raised my hand because <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't say Coach, but I feel like it would have been kind of awkward if I would have always been like, "Mom, do I need to do this?" So. <laughs> I kind of think I just started talking. <laughs> I don't think I said much. Just didn't address her as anything. Okay, that works. Right. Just raise my hand or start a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and you talked about the boundaries that you two set. And you also mentioned that because you didn't necessarily go away to school, you, you went home a lot. So when you did go home, did you guys have a rule where you wouldn't discuss basketball? Um, not specifically and not necessarily um if there was something that I thought about or I wanted to question or ask about she was completely fine with me asking or getting that help or clarification at home uh but there wasn't a lot of times where I just was going home to talk about basketball um because honestly whereas most players have their parents that they can vent to or talk to about their coach or their frustrations or if they thought that they should be playing more, you know, that's, that's most players outlet as their parents. Um, I really didn't have that. I didn't. Um, I couldn't go complain to my mom that she wasn't (laughs) playing me or explain to her that what she thought in practice was wrong. So I kind of just had to learn to deal with that aspect of basketball on my own. 
but she was always open to any regular conversation when I went home. Okay. So this might be a dumb question, and please feel free to laugh at me. I have thick skin. The NCAA has rules against coaches giving players and their families money, gifts, things of that nature. So say you and me are playing for Baylor. Aside from me racking up a lot of did not play coach's decision in the box score, I could not ask Coach Mulkey for $20 to get dinner or put the laundry in the machine. I can ask (laughs) my mom, though. Coach Mulkey is your mom. I have to imagine some of those rules do not apply in your situation. Am I correct? Correct. They 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 don't all they don't apply in the same way whatsoever. Um, I mean, she's a mom first, and so if I go home to eat, that's not against the rules. Uh, I use her credit card to get gas. That that's not against the rules. I mean, I'm still in under her support financially as I go to school, and uh, whereas that would be illegal, obviously for other players. In the mother-daughter or mother-son, I mean father-son or that kind of different coaching scenarios, the parent role comes first, which can actually it actually caused some confusion as I was being recruited and on these AU teams, um, and I'm sure that our compliance office probably had a heyday with complaints because there were people that didn't realize that Coach Mulkey was my mom, so they go try to turn her in for <laughs> sitting in the stands at one of my games. Oh, wow. Um, and it, it kind of got, it, it was almost ridiculous sometimes because these complaints or different rules um, would barely allow her to even act as a parent at my games. I don't think she was ever allowed to wear kind of my team gear or uh, because that would show support for the team or I think that one time my teammate, which was in the same tournament, and, you know, we played together, needed a ride to the game, just like anyone else would need a ride to a game that's a friend and a teammate. And I think somebody ended up complaining that she drove a potential, I guess, student athlete to a tournament or a game, even though, you know, she wasn't being recruited by us or by my mom. Yeah, wow. And it, it there's there's kind of that fine line that has to be maneuvered for a coach when their child's on the team. But that's something obviously she was willing to do because to her family is always first. Um and she was gonna be a mom before a coach. Yeah, that's interesting. And then I guess once you got to Baylor, you didn't have any of those situations. Right. So at that point, I mean I guess it could have been illegal if I would have taken a teammate on a crazy vacation. I, I don't know. <laughs> we never really came across any scenarios where that mom coach role could have put another teammate into jeopardy or me because for me, really, there's nothing that could have been done. I mean, going on a family vacation with my coach, who's my mom. So <laughs> the, the rules definitely kind of had to be changed and didn't apply in the same way once I was an athlete. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having that discussion. Cause I was always wondering about that. Cause you aren't the only uh, player that has played for their mother. Um, I can think uh, the old UCLA coach, uh, Steve Alford, Alford, his son played for him. So I, that I always wondered about that. Right. And every year, I mean, the NCAA and the compliance rules change every year. So just cause one year it says one thing, it may be completely different the other year. So That's true. Um, thankfully, the way it was when I was there, there wasn't really a lot that we had to deal with in that sense. Um, but that's been a few years now, so no telling if things have changed. But <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that, that's, that's crazy. After your freshman season on the basketball court ended, you said break. I don't need a break. And you went and joined the Baylor softball team. How did that come to be? So I think, hmm, I'm trying to think back. I believe it was Coach Moore. So maybe he did somewhat recruit me (laughs) before college. (laughs) 
Um, but he knew I was going to be going to Baylor for basketball and that I wanted to play basketball. So it wasn't like a hard-nosed recruitment. It was kind of one of those where he mentioned at some point along those that timeline that if I wanted to join the softball team that he would be more than happy to have me. And uh, during basketball season, I said, you know what, I'm not ready to give up on softball. I'd love to keep playing. And he welcomed me with open arms, even gave me my same Number 14 that I had my whole life and through basketball. And I got to go to the Women's College World Series that year with them, actually. And it was, I'm so glad that I did that. And I wish I could have done a few more years of it. Yeah. So in your college career, you make the softball World Series and the Final Four in basketball in 2012, where you won the title. Most athletes would give their careers to make one of those. Can you describe both of those experiences of being at the biggest stage in those two sports? Oh, it's it's like nothing else. Uh, I can't even put into words. I'll try, but it's hard to put into words how really awesome it is. I mean, you're at the pinnacle of the, both respective sports and as high as really I know I'm ever going to get, um, knowing I wasn't going to go pro in softball and probably not in basketball. So, I mean, I'm just so grateful that I was on those teams and that Coach Moore allowed me to join softball that year because once again, I came in being a two-sport athlete, I came in late to the season, um, but I was a pinch runner a lot, and I think I played the outfield a few games, and I was just happy that he allowed me to travel um, because in softball, it's not a, a full scholarship sport. So, you know, those girls, some of them are walk-ons, and some of them don't have the full scholarships, and they're traveling commercial, and it's, it was a completely different experience, but he allowed me to join them and travel and really be a part of the team. And all my teammates from that year were awesome and just welcomed me with open arms. They were, I mean, you think of any team and a girl comes out of nowhere and just joins and you're probably going to question her, but they just let me join and kind of just become one of them. And we wrote it on out one the, I think we went Oh, I can't even remember. We went up to D.C. in the playoffs, and then they took us to Oklahoma City for the World Series. And I believe we lost – I can't exactly remember the way it went, but we lost one game. But we I just remember two incredible games that went into a crazy amount of extra innings, and we won both of them with home runs, like to win it, walk-offs. And, I mean, that experience, we may not have won it all, but just – getting to go to the World Series and, you know, I got to run the bases. I got I got thrown out, <laughs> one at the plate and one stealing third. But just those moments, most people and many people never get to experience. And, I mean, then going the next year, like you said, into basketball and winning the national championship, I mean, it's like a dream. And there's not really feelings that are better than that. I mean, having a family, getting married, that, but that sense of the excitement, but there's no feeling like the World Series and the Final Four and just the pinnacle of success for your sport. Yeah, that's that's amazing accomplishments. All you do is win, Mackenzie. <laughs> oh, I've just been on some great teams. <laughs> and did your mom make it to Oklahoma City to watch the World Series? <laughs> she she's she loves basketball but she's right in there basketball i mean softball and baseball are very close seconds for her <laughs> she was actually the first female to play on a little league baseball team uh, oh, wow. back in hammond louisiana back in the day so she she knows the game let me tell you wow um, that's, that's amazing i didn't know that. that yeah yes and uh so she was right there in the stands watching every, just like she was for my Little League World Series, watching every game and supporting us. And uh, it's it's fun to see the coach turn into a fan in a different sport, especially at that high of a level and how much she puts into it even and gets excited even as a fan. <laughs> and you didn't go back to the softball team after your freshman year. Did you decide to put more focus on basketball? 
I was actually planning to do the same thing my sophomore year, but, you know, we, the playoffs, the season's overlap already, and then the playoffs of basketball start, and then we make it to the Final Four, and, you know, we win the championship, which takes you all the way in through April, and mm-hmm. uh, coming back from the championship, we have lots of appearances to be at, we go to the White House, we go to the legislature, we had parades, so there was a ton of uh, commitments that I had to be at for basketball. So at that point in time, if I would have gone to softball, it would have almost been the end of the Big 12 season and playoffs would have just started and it was almost over. Um, as much as I would have loved to join by then, I just thought that there'd be more trouble for softball and for me than it was worth at that point. So I ended up not doing it that year. And then my junior year, we had basically the exact same team in basketball and we were expected to repeat. So I had told him that I probably wouldn't be playing that year, even though we ended up not repeating. (laughs) Um, So I had already told them no. So I kind of just let that go. And then I thought maybe my senior year, but by that time I had my uh, future husband that I met and we kind of just, we're getting engaged and it just never happened again (laughs) (laughs) about playing my fifth year because I still had a year of eligibility in a different sport but um by that time I I was already engaged and I wanted to watch my husband you know finish his football season and start wedding planning and yeah you're ready to move on that Well, you still had that one year of softball, four years of basketball, and your senior season in 2014 is where you saw the most playing time on the basketball court. You were getting about 30 minutes a game and came up huge in a game against Oklahoma State, down 57-53, and star player Odyssey Sims on the bench. You hit a three to cut the deficit. Then with six seconds left, you hit a deep three to tie the game and send it to overtime, where Baylor ultimately wins, and uh, in that overtime, you hit another three. You remember that game pretty well, don't you? Oh, yes. That is my one of my favorite memories. <laughs> that was uh, probably one of my best games that year, I guess, in my career at Baylor um, as far as scoring and contribution. Uh, we had just come off a loss, a bad loss, at Kansas, and then we had lost to UConn, I believe, and we went to Oklahoma State and – they were very highly ranked. Both of us were the, I think, one and two seed in the Big 12. So it was a tough, grinded out game that uh, I just remember going into that huddle at the end of timeouts and just saying, we are not losing this game. We are not losing again. And just, I wasn't, we weren't going to let it happen. And I will just never forget. I remember both of those threes the most, the six, uh, well, I don't remember the time, but the one that put us down by three and then the one to tie it. And I remember letting go of that three to tie it, thinking, what did I just do? Because <laughs> most of the time, or actually with both of them, I was like, why did I just shoot that? <laughs> but I guess I was feeling it. Because usually I was a, you know, I'd catch and shoot. But for whatever reason, that three to put us down by three, I was dribbling and backing up and out of nowhere I just was like oh I launched it (laughs) and it went in (laughs) and then the one with a couple seconds left I think our point guard I don't remember if it was Odyssey or Nia Johnson that had the ball and the play was on a sideline out of bound and the sideline play did not work and so I was just trying to get open and was just trying to get a shot off and I was having a good I must have had the hot hand that night because that went into and I showed emotion and then felt like it was a dream. <laughs> I wonder when you hit that three to send it to overtime, if it was hard for Coach Mulkey to stay in coach mode and not go into mom mode and just go crazy cheering for her daughter. <laughs> I think that in the moment, you know, it's so intense that coach mode takes over. Um, especially because they almost went ahead and won it right after that because I think some of my other teammates were celebrating and their <laughs> girl almost got a layup down the court. But oh, no. she 
she didn't make it. <laughs> but I think after the game is when it really hit her. I think there's a interview I remember with our broadcasters, and she kind of had to, you know, hold her breath for a little bit because she was about to tear up. And uh, uh, it got pretty emotional for her just thinking about being the mom and the coach and, you know, finally seeing some success after three years of, you know, my not so much playing time. <laughs> but that it finally I was it was being it was worth it. Nice. So it was coach mode during the game and then mom mode after the game. Right. I'd say so. Because I'm telling you, we all ran to that bench and all we could think about was overtime and how the game wasn't over. We had to finish. And you did. And we did. And that is one of the most memorable games, I think, of my Baylor career for me. Yeah, it should be. Awesome game. (laughs) So, Mackenzie, as I said earlier, you are now a member of the Baylor coaching staff. How did that come to be? Well, I think it really kind of got planted in my brain uh, the year. So I finished in 2014 playing, and I still had a year to finish my master's, and that in between year is what I call it. When I was finishing my master's, I wasn't playing basketball. I just really saw that I I was going to miss it. And I remember flying back from the game. I think it was, I don't remember, if, I think it was Elite Eight. I'm not sure. But I went to the Elite Eight game to watch the Lady Bears, um, and they lost. And I remember on the ride back with my mom just, you know, talking the game and strategy and basketball and I remember telling her that I think I'm going to miss it. And if you have anything available, I'd be interested. And it just so happens that that next year, the video coordinator kind of ops person was going on to another school to try and be an assistant or head coach, one of the two, I can't remember. And so a position became available that I was able to show interest in and get hired for. So you're now working for your mother instead of playing for her. Which is harder? (laughs) Everyone tried to warn me. They're like, are you sure you want to work for your mom? I mean, it's going to be very hard. And my response every time was like, do you not think that playing for her was hard? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of know a little bit about her in every aspect of the world. I know her from daughter. I know her from player. Uh, like I'm, I think that I can handle working for her, uh, and it's been great. Uh, like I said earlier, it was, it's hard playing for your mom, but we've managed to do it pretty easily. Um, and I've kind of taken the same mentality into working for her, uh, except it's you don't have to separate the two quite as much as you did as a player. Um, you can still be the daughter and the worker versus separating player and daughter. And what is your role in ops at Baylor? So my title is the Associate Director of Basketball Operations. And basically that just means that I'm not one of the four assistants that can travel or be on the court practicing and showing and instructing. Um, I do a lot more in the office. I work with video and film and help prepare scouting reports. I do some of the little things, like if we have ball girls at our games that help, you know, mop up the floor, I coordinate all of that. And really, I can help anyone with anything after the video portion and the recruiting. We do on-campus recruiting. We send mail out. There's kind of the whole operations that I fall under I can help with. Wow, sounds like a tough job, a lot going on in it. <laughs> There's a lot going on, but we're fortunate to have um, a great staff and a lot of people that can help each other. Yeah, that's great. And you said you don't travel. Do you mean you don't go to away games? Oh, no. I, I just Recruiting. I go to away games. Um, in that aspect, I'm at every practice, you know, cheering on the sidelines. Um, helping the coaches behind the scenes. You know, we can still analyze and do things behind the scenes. We just can't uh, instruct players. Uh, I don't travel in regards to recruiting God. and uh, that kind of thing. We can do on-campus recruiting and, like, 
show them around and when there's official visits, but we can't go out on the road and watch ball games or do anything like that. Okay. And you're, we traveled. I mean, and I say we, because there's a couple of us under the operations umbrella. Um, but we're on the bench every game, you know, we're helping the coaching staff during the games. And so we travel, we do all of that the same. Yeah. You guys are hardworking. And you're a working mom. You have a young son, Cannon, who is the cutest little boy, yeah. I have to say. I've seen his Instagram. <laughs> He's adorable. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Thank you. My brother had to set that up for us. He was like, McKenzie, you got to do it. I said, why don't you start it, Kramer? He's like, okay, I got it. And uh, he's pretty comical. He does a lot of those posts, but there's a few also in there. Nice, <laughs> nice. But he is nine months old now, so he's getting big. He started crawling and getting on the move, so this will be a fun year with him running around the court, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, he attends a lot of the games. Um, my personal favorite was, uh, I think it was back in Jan- December or January when Baylor beat UConn. Your mom was about to be interviewed, and she she kind of blew the interviewer off in a way. She was like, I need, I need my grandbaby before we start. <laughs> Give me my grandbaby. <laughs> so cute. Oh, yes. Um, he is the apple of her eye, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> I remember that game, and I remember that interview because – I think it was the end of December. We had just come back from Christmas break, um, and he was born in October, so he was only two months old. Uh So we had him in his little headphones (laughs) to keep the noise out, and I think he was, like, passed out sleeping by the end of the game, but we brought him (laughs) out to her. What's he sleeping for? It was a great game. Is he not entertained? I don't know. (laughs) Right? (laughs) He he has high standards, I guess. I guess so. (laughs) But, but, um. Yes, that's all she wanted, and uh, a lot of that comes from, you know, we we went through a whole a very rough year the year before. Um, we lost our daughter Scout um, at 18 weeks, and I think we went through a lot personally as a family and with the team in that time uh, because we had injuries on the team. We had a lot of sadness that year, and then Cannon was kind of like a new hope for her and for our family and for the team. And they all got to experience that. And so she just wanted him there with her in that moment. And it was like the highest of highs and seeing him just made it that much better. And so that's kind of how this entire season was. Um, And to top it off with a national championship, it's almost like a storybook. For sure, that that is a storybook, and and I am aware of of what happened to your family, and I can't imagine that. All I can say is I'm so sorry that your family went through that. Um, but but I also think it's great that you guys are so open and talking about it, and and it definitely helps other people going through that. Thank you, and yes, I mean it's to lose a child. It's it's one of the hardest, if not the hardest, thing that you can go through, and it doesn't matter at what stage that child is, whether they're a few weeks old or 40 years old. Um, It's, it's very difficult. um, But that's, I think part of why we want to share her story and share her with the world. We want people to know that she was alive and her life meant something. And uh, there's, an unbelievable amount of people, people going through the same thing and going through those hard times. And we just wanted to show that, there is hope and that you need to just keep the faith and that um, things can be okay again. Absolutely. You've won a title playing and you've won a title coaching. Is there one that's more rewarding? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, it's actually, it's somewhat hard to compare um, because it's just so much goes into both of them, but in different ways. So, and you're experiencing them in different parts of your life. So, as a 20-year-old practicing every day and putting in the effort and being on the team and you're the one in the spotlight, it's unbelievable and the highest of high then. But yet, as a coach or operations, I just say coach for all of us, you're behind the scenes and you're doing whatever you can to get the team as ready as possible. Um, It might be a little more difficult as a coach because you can't be the one out there 
contributing and playing. You just hope that they can, the team does what the coaching staff has, you know, the game plan. Um, so it's kind of rewarding in different ways. Um, it's really hard to compare in that sense, but they're both the highest of highs, and you can appreciate them from different times in your life. The 20-year-old um, college student versus a 27-year-old mom. Um, but they're both unbelievably memorable and just you never forget them. Yeah, both rewarding, just in different ways. Do you have aspirations of being a head coach like your mother one day? I think that I would love to coach and end up being a head coach. I really, I miss being able to be on the court or talking to the girls in the way that's instruction and helping them with on-the-court activities. Um, But at this point in time, uh, I think it's something that we're just going to have to see where it goes. I mean, starting a family, I'm actually very grateful that I'm in the position I am in because I've gotten to spend the last nine months with my son, and I don't have to go recruiting. I don't have to be gone for a few weeks or a whole weekend uh, and worry about him and taking care of him at the same time. I'm able to be home every day after work and um, stay home those first few months with him and just be there. And with planning to continue growing the family, I don't see it in the near future, um, but it's definitely something that I wouldn't X out for good. Okay. Kim Mulkey is a very well-known person in the world of college basketball. I'd love to tell you the trait about her that I really respect. It's that she defends her players. And I can think of two key examples. After Baylor's upset loss in the Sweet 16 to Louisville in 2013, Mulkey basically took all of the blame at the podium in the press conference and said all of the fingers should be pointed at me. The players should not shoulder any of this. You were on the team. What do you remember about that? I remember that game very vividly. <laughs> um, it was such a heartbreaker. Um, and I just I remember the passion at the end of the game that my mom had, and usually you use the word passion when it's good, but I just remember how upset we all were because um, we were expected to repeat that year and uh, to win the national championship again. Um, and I just remember just Louisville came out guns blazing and they were not letting up. They were on fire from the three. They couldn't miss a shot. I mean, I think they ended up with like 13 or more three-pointers made You're right. in the game and like a crazy shooting percentage. Um, and it was a really, really rough game um, that – you know, we we were getting beat up, they were getting beat up, and they just didn't let up, which if the rest are letting it happen, why let up? So, I mean, we just, we never really got going, and we still had a chance to win it at the end. Um, and I think my mom just, when she got to that podium, you know, she took ownership. Um, you can't expect 18- and 20-year-olds to know what to do, and to come through a situation on their own. And, I mean, she did everything she could. She's going to coach her heart on every game, but she's always going to be the one to defend us and the players. And whether it was our fault or her fault, it's no one's one person's fault, but she's going to take that blame on her, and she's going to take the heat, and she's going to be the one that blames herself and says, I should have come up with something different. Um, And that's kind of how she is not just after a game, but in all aspects of life. If you play for her, you're like her daughter. She's going to defend you, and um, that's how she's been ever since, I mean, we started and we came to Baylor. I just always remember um, that kind of mother bear instinct where, no, I'm the only one. <laughs> so I'm the only one that can get on you. You know, I'm your coach. Coaches are here to make you better. But if anyone else tries to tell you anything, they're going to have to come through me. Yeah, I love that. And not every coach is like that. They aren't. Um, And, again, I've had other coaches, obviously, high school and um, growing up, but she's the only coach 
that I've had in college as for basketball. And I've been fortunate enough to see that that's how she is every year. Um, Cause I see that as a daughter and some people say, Oh, well you just see what you want because you're her daughter. But I think that by being a player and on those teams, I got to see a different side that a, da- a regular, like, everyday daughter wouldn't get to see. And um, she really does back up what she says and uh, will always have her players back. Yeah, and another example that I love is that Kim Mulkey told uh, current player Lauren Cox not to hide and be embarrassed about her type 1 diabetes, but rather to embrace it and become a role model. Baylor now has a type 1 diabetes awareness game. Lauren has spoken openly about it, even at the biggest stage at at last year's Final Four. And I have no doubt that it's helping other young athletes who have that disease. And Coach Mulkey takes her promise to Lauren's parents very seriously about not playing her in a game if her blood sugar is too high. I believe it actually happened against Tennessee. That's obviously a big-time program, a big game, and uh, your mom wouldn't let her play. Her health was more important. It is, and she is a stickler for that. I remember that game also. Uh, we were at Tennessee playing there, and that was Lauren, I believe, her freshman year. So she was still in kind of, you know, for any other freshman, she's away from home. She's having to learn everything, how to handle it on her own, and she's got this type 1 diabetes on top of it where that includes eating right and monitoring her levels and all kinds of things. So she's a freshman away from home learning to do things and be responsible on her own. And for that game, she uh, had her numbers read right before we went out, and they weren't where they needed to be. And as much as she wanted to play, and I think her family was at that game because she had family close, they had all come, uh, she had to sit out, I believe, almost – a good bit, if not the whole first half, because of her numbers. Um, and they were good. At, Tennessee was good, and we we probably really needed Lauren. But you know, my mom made her parents that promise, sitting in their home, that if it doesn't matter what game it is, we could be in the national championship game, and if her numbers aren't where they need to be, she's she's not getting on the floor, no matter how much we need her. Whether it's just like this year, if she would have been good at the last second. We're down or we're tie game and we need to score. Lauren would not have been in that game if her diabetes had flared up. And um, so, and that's really important to spread that awareness and let the world see what it takes to be a type 1 diabetic, but that it's manageable and you can do other things. You don't have to just sit on the sidelines. I know when my mom was recruiting Lauren and she was talking to her. Uh, Lauren wasn't really open about her diabetes, and she honestly kind of hid it and didn't like wasn't forthcoming about it. And my mom just came to her and said, "All right, let me see your pump. Let me see this. Let me see that. And tell me about tell me about it." And Lauren just kind of looked at her with a deer in the headlight look because one, she didn't know that she knew, and my mom was being so upfront about it. Um, and she told her at that time, Lauren, you, you, wherever you go, you need to be a um, representative and be open about this. You're a type 1 diabetic. How many little girls can look up to you? Um, And I think Lauren really has embraced that role uh, since being at Baylor. She went from hiding her diabetes to she now has moved her little insulin. I don't even know what they're called, but she used to have it under her jersey on her hip, and now she's moved it to her arm. She doesn't care that everyone sees it. She doesn't care that she has to stop in the middle of practice or in the middle of the game, pull it out and check it, drink an apple juice to make sure her number is okay. She she just plays, and that is part of her, and uh, she's learned, I think, to accept it and be a role model for a lot of young kids. I think that's a great story because, like you said, she is a role model, and there's nothing to be embarrassed about, and you can play. Obviously, Lauren is showing you can play at the highest level in sports with this disease and still be a great athlete right and I mean since that time since that Tennessee game and that freshman year that you know the transition period she's really been on top of it I don't think she's had to um, set out or you know be you know on the bench or anything 
even in practice, I mean, there may be a couple times where she gets low because it's just been a draining day or just one little thing in her life can affect that. Um, but she's done a great job of just doing her part in handling it and making the best of her situation. For sure. And actually another story I have of that involves both your mom and Lauren is that they both made me realize that interviews during games in the tournament need to end. And that's that's my opinion. <laughs> After Lauren Cox got hurt in the national championship, Coach Mulkey had to do an interview for ESPN rather than regroup with her team. I think she handled it very well. I wouldn't have been able to handle that at all. I would have <laughs> said, I'm not doing this. My team needs me. My best player might have just torn her ACL, and I, I probably would have thrown the right. mic. Now, luckily, Lauren was not as hurt as it looked like, and she'll be ready to go for next year, I believe. But still, that was mm-hmm. such a tough moment in, in such a big game. Um, I just thought that was very unfair to Baylor. It, it really, that moment, I remember it very clearly. I think shirts were even made with a picture of my mom saying, I want to cry right now, but I got to go to work. Yeah. And uh, it's just, that moment was so intense and just frightening and I just, I'm like you, I can't imagine having to go do an interview in that kind of moment, in that kind of game with your team just waiting right after that happens. Um, but that's something that was implemented, I think, in the past few years. And uh, it doesn't really usually happen during the season, but those playoff games, they will grab you off in a second. I think they've even begun grabbing some of the players uh, have, to interview yes. during the game, um, which it's it's really interesting. And uh We'll see if that sticks around. (laughs) But, you know, it's uh, it's live television, and that's kind of what they want. And they want to give inside looks, and they want viewers to go up, and I guess that's doing it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I know they're trying to market the game that way. I I just thought that was very unfair. The players needed her in that moment. Right. And, you know, there's probably a lot of people that uh, may not know what's happening in that moment or understand that the players need her, that um, the team just really needs to come together. They've never been in that kind of situation, so they might not fully understand the, you know, I don't even know the words to describe it, the intensity of it. But um, it's something that, you know, like you said, she, my mom dealt with it. I think she was about to burst into tears herself, but had to go to work. (laughs) So you got to do what you got to do. And obviously, Baylor rallied around that injury and won. And there was a very emotional hug, uh, both between Lauren and, and your mom and also Lauren's mom and your mom. A very, very touching moment. Mm-hmm. I just remember, um, it's kind of blazed into my brain after that game, everyone running to center court and then Kalani running all the way past everyone after she, like, you know, hugged the group hugged. And then she just sprinted to the end of the bench where Lauren was Aww. and then like everyone followed and it was just that's such a surreal moment and to see them go to Lauren and not you know you could easily get caught up in all the celebration but they immediately just like bolted towards her because she was their leader and she needed them and they needed her and there were just so many emotions going through everyone at that point highs and lows and to come out on top was just unreal and I think there's a few videos of that and like even a slow-mo and it just, it makes you want to cry every time. Oh yeah. That's, that's very touching. We've talked a lot about your success in athletics. Uh, We've also talked about your mom's success in athletics. You even threw in that, uh, that new piece of knowledge for me that she was the first women, first (laughs) girl to play little league baseball. Um, But you two aren't the only outstanding athletes in the family. Your brother Kramer is a pro baseball player for the St. Louis Cardinals organization. Also, your husband Clay was a professional baseball player for six years before retiring and attending Baylor as a student athlete where he played football and obviously met you along the way uh, so my, my buddy Cannon has a lot to live up to huh <laughs> oh yeah pressure's on so, <laughs> uh, but he uh, he's definitely got a few athletes in the family and he'll probably have a few different 
you know, balls thrown his way to see if he likes any of them. Uh, my dad actually was also a college football player at Louisiana Tech and won a national championship at that time as wow. well. So uh, he's going to have a football in one hand, a baseball in another, and basketball and See if any of them hit home with him. And if not, that's fine, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll let him go his way. Yeah. But um, we definitely like sports in this family, and uh, you should catch us in the yard or on the court or on the beach throwing a ball wherever <laughs> we are. I think Cannon's grandma is going to have him in layup lines next season. Oh, it'll be fun. We already play catch with him. I mean, oh, wow. come on. Why not? <laughs> no, but he's he's fun. He's got a lot of balls in there. His favorite toy right now is a giant inflatable baseball that he likes to chew on and occasionally throw. So <laughs> got to figure out if he's right or left-handed. <laughs> that's, that's so cute. Mackenzie, I like to end the show with some fun questions. Are, are you ready for that? All right, let's do it. All right. What is your favorite vacation spot? Ooh, favorite vacation? I would say Destin, Florida. My family grew up going there every year, and we've kind of taken a little break, you know, with wedding and then baby. But I think the cannon will be ready this year. I need to start. We need to start it back. Yeah. <laughs> he can bring his uh, inflatable b- baseball to the beach. Right, we can throw in the sand, you know? My brother always gives us a hard time, like, you need to be training him already. Come on, guys. (laughs) (sighs) Who is your favorite musical artist? Ooh, my favorite musical artist? Oh, gosh. I don't have just one. I used to love Michael Jackson, like, in high school, even though that was, like, kind of past his time. But I love Michael Jackson. It's not a popular answer anymore, Mackenzie. (laughs) I know, I know. <laughs> but that's, it was in high school. <laughs> okay, all right. Before the but, HBO uh, documentary came out, that's, that's acceptable. Right. <laughs> but uh, I'd say I don't have a favorite artist. I just like all music. I mean, I'm talking I like country, I like Christian, I like rap, pop, get into like Broadway songs. Oh, I'm wow. just all about it, everything. All right, you're all over the place. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> All right, last question. If you weren't a basketball coach, what do you think you'd be doing? If I weren't a basketball coach, what would I be doing? I ask myself that hmm, a lot, but I never have an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, my, my undergrad was in marketing, and then I finished my MBA the year after basketball, so my master's is in business. But if you ask me right now, I'd probably say I'd be a stay-at-home mom since I have a nine-month-old. <laughs> hey, that's um, hard work. That's a hard job in itself. It is hard. I'm telling you. I, <laughs> I mean, I always knew it was difficult and, like, raising a kid, and I always gave props to stay-at-home mom. But I have a new appreciation for just how difficult it is. Oh, I bet. It's the most rewarding job. But it those first three months where I was, at home every day, man, I'll tell you, those are some long days. <laughs> <laughs> so I give a shout out to all the stay-at-home moms. For sure. Actually, and, and the working moms. Oh, but. yeah, stuff too. But actually, I do have one more question for you involving Canon. Yeah. Has Canon been able to eat a banana properly yet? I've seen those Instagram <laughs> videos you posted. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, see... That was his first, like, taste of a real, you know, like, adult food. I thought, this is perfect. It can mush up in his mouth. He loves bananas. The baby food bananas, that's all he'll eat. It has to be mixed with baby food banana. So I was like, oh, it's perfect. And I guess he's a texture eater because he decided to gag and not stop (laughs) gagging, whether he was holding the banana or not. If it was anywhere in sight, he was not having it. Oh, that's so funny. Um, But... He, he he he's eats it if I mash it up a little and I've kind of picked some pieces off and little chunks that he's eaten, but I have not tried a full banana again. I might have to try that now that you mentioned it. It's been a while. Maybe he's changed. <laughs> and, and please record it because I would love to see that again. Yes. Show the update. <laughs> uh, all right, Mackenzie. I've had so much fun talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can the listeners find you? 
Well, uh, of course, just turn on the radio basketball game and you can see me on the bench. <laughs> so, um, so if anyone wants to follow me or keep up with my life for the Lady Bears or Can and Read, uh, my Instagram is Mackenzie, M-A-K-E-N-Z-I-E. And that's where, like, you can see my pictures and posts. And there's even a link to Cannon's Instagram because he's more popular than I am. Um, and then on Twitter, if you on Twitter, my, uh, I don't know what it's called. I said a handle. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, So those are the social media outlets. And, of course, my uh, wonderful lady bears. Absolutely. Baylor women's basketball. <laughs> yeah, follow the bears. They're going to have a good season this upcoming year. Again. That's, that's our hope. That's the plan. <laughs> we'll see if we can uh, make a run at it. <laughs> and um, before we go, I also want to say on your Instagram, um, you have a blog about uh, your, your family's story involving your daughter, Scout. I'm going to post the link to it um, for this episode because I, I think it's, like I said before, I think it's so great that you're sharing this story and it could, could definitely help other families going through similar things. Oh, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yes, I uh, I think it was on Scout's due date, she, where she would have been a year old this past year. Um, I decided to kind of share more of her story. We'd been open from the beginning, but really wanted to get into a little more detail and show what we went through, if that could touch anyone's life or help them through a hard time. So that's kind of that link. That's a story for our girl. And uh, thinking about continuing to con- – post some more different blogs that come to mind or can help um, people in different ways, not just on um, loss, but just life and see where that leads. So if anyone has any requests, send them my way. I think that's a great idea. And thank you again for being willing to share that story. I know it's not the easiest thing to talk about. Oh, of course. Um, Like I said, I mean, it's something that is more common than people know, and not everyone feels comfortable talking about it. So if we can be a voice and help just one person, then it was worth it. Absolutely. I completely agree. All right. Thank you, Mackenzie. I had a blast talking with you. So thank you, Bridget. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Great. Me too. All right, everyone, that's this week's episode. Mackenzie was fantastic. I'll be back next week with another outstanding athlete.